Welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about parenting and myself as a parent. I've got young kids, uh, four and six years old. I wanted to bring in a few parents that had a little more experience than I have. And we're going to focus specifically today, um, or maybe not specifically, but we'll focus a little bit more on parenting teens. And so I brought in two dads that um, both have uh, kids that have been, well, are teenagers and uh I was going to say been in high school. You've, John, you've got a kid that's out of high school now. I do. do you have a kid out of high school? You do. Okay. So I brought with me, I'm talking to two guys I haven't introduced to the podcast yet um, or today. John Barrett and Paul Ortlinghouse are here. And uh, John is on staff here at Spring Hills. And John, you shifted recently to Next Steps Pastor, right? That's correct. But yep. you've been on staff for about seven years. That's correct. Been on staff um, for seven years. I think people know who you are. Paul, uh, you've guessed, you've been a guest speaker here twice. And yeah. you've also been on the podcast. Yeah. So, um, he is. You're not wearing a sling anymore. But last time you spoke here, I think you were. You had the, your shoulder surgery, right? Yeah. I'm um, rehabbing and doing well. Good. Okay. Excellent. So you're throwing a football again? A very little. Very little. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to bring them in and talk about parenting because parenting is something that is constantly changing. It's never going to be the exact same. I mean, even some things I've written down today that we're going to talk about have changed so much since I was a teenager. And, uh, I mean, I, I wanted to say, I almost wanted to say it wasn't that long ago. We're talking 20 years ago now. I'm getting up there. Um, and these two guys are probably not happy that I just said that. But anyways, we're going to talk about being a parent. Before we get to some of the questions I've got, uh, tell me a little bit about each of you. Tell me about the kids that you have and uh, their ages. And, uh, yeah, go ahead. John, you start. Okay, yeah, I'll go ahead and start. Yeah, my oldest son is uh, Joey. Um, he was been serving here at church for many years. You probably all know him out there, but he is my oldest. He's 18. He's currently a student at Grand Canyon University. We're really proud of him. Uh, he's been called into the ministry, so he's in their five-year Masters of the Divinity program, so we're really excited. So far, so good with that, and just looking forward to seeing where God takes him. Um, my second oldest is Jordan. He is uh, 16 and a half. He attends Santa Rosa High School, serves here at church on our production team, and then we have twins who are 12, one girl, one boy, Justin and Jillian, and they are just a pleasure to be around, and we've got them plugged in here at church to helping out with little kids. So we're we're very grateful for each of them. So you are legitimately going to have four teenagers at one time. Yeah, I pretty much have four teenagers at one time. My twelve year olds, they're pretty much teenagers already. Yeah. Right on. It's crazy. Paul, what about you? Tell us about your family. So my oldest is twenty two and uh she's away at college, uh semi local, so we get to see her quite a bit. And then I have uh my son sixteen. And then, or 15, soon to be 16. We're getting ready for driving. So that's why I'm thinking about 16. And then 15, my daughter, and then my youngest son is uh, 11. All right. So yeah, you've got, so you're spanning about 11 years, sounds yeah. like. And then yep. John, you've got about a six year, seven year span. That's correct. Um, between years. Okay. Well, my, like I said before, my kids are, are four and six years old. Uh, my experience as uh, a parent of teenagers equals zero, but my experience as a teenager equaled, uh, what was that, seven years, six years, seven years. That's about 13, right. 13 to 19. So yeah. I, um, both, most of these questions are going to come from, uh, from the point of view of a father who has kids that will be teenagers in, um, you know, eight, eight, nine years. And then also from someone as a teenager knows that things have changed so much now. Um, so we're going to talk about this a little bit, but let's talk, let's talk first of all, um, you know, I noticed about the, the first six years of being a parent is I, I constantly am looking back on things and I never really feel like I, I don't want to say I don't miss them, but I'm never like longing to go back to a time. I'm always most excited about the time I'm in with my kids. They're four and six years old. You know, they're, they're now interested in throwing baseballs and 
I'm playing catch with them and stuff. Well, I couldn't do that when they were one and three, you know. So, but I still miss the times I was I I had a one and a three year old. But let's talk about that. Does that ring true to you? As your kids have entered the teenage years and even adulthood, Paul, you've got a a twenty two year old. Um, are you you constantly excited about where you're at? and not really longing for the other days, or is that something different as your kids get older? Yeah, no, I think I think it is about the, the time they're in, and it's fun to look back. Facebook memories pop up, right, and, and you see these pictures from 11 years ago or nine years yeah. ago, and we laugh about that, and we have photo albums. And, How much they've changed. Yeah, exactly, and just, oh, remember doing this and, and that, um, and those are sweet memories, but uh, you're right. Uh, now I love the fact that I can talk to my 22-year-old uh, about buying her first used car yeah. and, and, and that, you know, adult thing. And, yep. uh, and I'm talking with my kid, my, my son about driving and, and we're starting to do some training. And so when he's next to me, I'm pointing things out, hoping he's, you know, soaking it in. So, and, and I, I love that. Yeah. I wouldn't want to only have the old days of diapers and, mm-hmm. you know, all, all that goes with it. Those are sweet. This is sweet. I think the hardest thing for me, I tend to not be, I forget too much. And so that's mm-hmm. where I'm glad for Facebook memories or photo albums because it tends to only be about now. And, and there's good and bad to remember and to learn from uh, and to you know, thank God for his goodness that's through all said. of the time. Yeah. I still like I'm 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 34 years old now and I'm still am I 34. Yeah. OK, I got that right. I'm still calling my dad up yeah. and asking him questions about something I haven't dealt with before, you know, like I have, this was, was a little uh, year and a half ago now, two years ago. Um, something that as uh, someone who's in ministry, I had never officiated, uh, or I don't know if that you call officiating, but a funeral mm-hmm. and I had never done one. So I call up my dad and I'm driving to this memorial service where I had just been asked, don't talk too much about God because, but I knew this girl it was her faith was so important to her. So I was like, how am I going to do this? So I call up my dad. I'm like, how do I, how do I go about this? And he's like, oh, you just talk about God. Amen. You do- <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. okay, thank you, dad. Like, thank you for that advice. You know, like you don't, you don't, ju- you don't bow over to that and be like, okay, you knew this girl. What she would want you to do is she would want you to share God with her family that doesn't know God. And I was even just like in that moment, I'm, you know, 30 at that point, I think 32 years old. I'm still calling up my dad and asking him for yeah. advice. And like, I think those moments to him are still, that's still so, so special to him, even though he misses the days of me playing basketball and him coming to games or, or stuff like that, or playing catch with me. Um, he still loves, you know, and then of course, grandbabies and stuff like that. But no, that's so a very, you, very special thing. I mean, when I had that first experience, I, I had to go reach out to Brett cause my dad's not a pastor. You know, how do you speak into that? I'm feeling that I need to to give the gospel. I'm feeling that I need to involve God in this. And I know that's what she would want. And I know that's what our calling is to do. So you do it. But to have that reference and to have that, that relationship with your dad where he's available for those kinds of things, that's what I hope to be for my kids as they grow mm. older. And, you know, speaking into Paul, each moment is sweet. You, you appreciate what was in the past, all of the first all along the ways, right? The first uh, the first word, the first um, going in the bathroom by themselves, the first bike ride, the first car drive, you know, all those things are very, very, very special. And so I, I appreciate all that, hold on to all of that, but I do love right where they are right now. It's mm-hmm. sweet because each kid, each child that I have of the four, each moment is different. 
and God has used me as, as their dad and used their mother in, in, in their lives in that particular situation, in that particular hurt, in that particular joy, in that particular moment. So each one is very sweet. Sure, yeah. So yeah. I love to remember the, the old stuff, but I'm looking forward to the new stuff. Right. And then I try to remember that I have to be present in the present. Yeah, you know? I, so, I often yeah. have people say like, oh, cher- cherish the moments and stuff like that, in which we, I obviously I do. But I, every, every time we've moved into the next stage of wherever they're at, I never really find myself being like longing to mm-hmm. go back. I'm always just so excited about where they're at. So that was why I wanted to ask that That's question. That's a good question. But uh, let's jump to uh, you guys being parents specifically of teenagers and tell me something that's the most rewarding about about that age. I think as as they're younger, you know, they're still, um, I mean, my, my youngest is still so small. He still comes up to me and he wants to, he wants to jump up on my shoulders and stuff like that. Well, I, John, I have a hard time picturing Joey jumping up on your shoulders. Um, <laughs> Any of them nowadays, even my little girls. Yeah. So well, tell, tell I'm me. I'm a big guy. I got big kids. What are some things that are the most rewarding about being uh, a parent to teenagers? For me, I would say that they are beginning at with that moment where they begin to take their reliance off of you and put it on God. In all honesty, I, I you know I've seen that with two of my kids. My little ones are you know still working into that, but to really see their spiritual life take shape and for them to begin to understand and to see themselves as God sees them and the want. Uh, to serve in the church or the want to, um, you know, be salt and light out there. Uh, that's been really cool um, because you don't see that with most teenagers. And and I've been very fortunate that both of my teenagers have felt that calling in a way to where um, they understand that they were designed and, and made with a purpose and to bring God glory and to be used by God, even uh, in their friend environments and, and the challenges at school. Now, it's not always easy. They're not always perfect. None of us are. But I think for me to see that, and then also I would say for me to see them actually um, accomplish something themselves without any help from mom or I, mm. to where it's something that they did, that they have buy-in, that they have ownership of it, whether it works or not, but but they're confident enough to take that step to actually, I'm going to take a step in faith and do this and, and, and see what happens. That, that's yeah. encouraging. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I agree with that stuff. I, I was thinking, I don't know if this is true with you and even Garrett, if you found this, but like the first kid, the oldest we're, we're screwing everything up and yeah. we're learning everything. And then we correct it with the second one. And then it, you know, like, like learning to ride a bike. Yeah. That's the funniest thing in our house. It was horribly hard with the oldest. And then it was a little bit better because I had learned some things with the next. And then the next by the fourth one, he had it down like in a week. And, and because I learned from my mistakes. So I guess part of the rewarding thing is you start to feel like, as they, the next ones come up, okay, we, we, we know what to do now. Yeah. Um, and, and For see sure. that. My, but, go ahead. No, go ahead. Both. No, I just, so I just going to say, but to John's point, you know, the, so when they figure things out and, and that, that becoming independent and, and, um, their own person, um, it, it's cool. Your um, own person thing, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to just jump to the next thing. What's yeah, one of the most re- frustrating things? Their independence and them becoming their own person. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, it's this tension point and we'll, we'll talk about that. It's in the minute. high and the low, the good and the yeah, bad. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, yeah. But, but to see them, yeah. You know, take what we've hopefully raised them in the, the Christian faith. And, and this is what we believe as a family. And, and, and then for them as individuals to express that in their own language and, and to, to show it with their own way of life, I mean that is 
That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. I agree, yeah. Paul. And it's a real thing. It's not a copycat. Yes, we are um, the example for them. I believe our kids learn everything mimicking us for the most part. But once it becomes their own and they have their own walk with God, they have their own way of doing things. That's pretty cool. They get so much more excited yeah. about it. I mean, I remember that moment too for me when it became more, I mean, I grew up in a pastor's house. So like when it became more of my relationship with God yeah. instead of it just being I'm at church because my dad's a pastor here. Yeah. Um, you made me think of though, as you're talking about, uh, you know, screwed it up with the first one and then you, you try to get it right on the second one. There's the, the other view of that where you're so much more, uh, worried and concerned about the first one. Oh, yeah. And then, yep. you know, later on, and my fun, the funniest story of this for me was I was talking to my, my brother, he was at Disneyland with my parents and, uh, and his family, he's got three kids and they're all, uh, older than my kids are. And Maverick, my oldest, was just born. He was a baby. And I remember the mo- the time where you're like, everybody's coming over to the house to see the baby, and you're like, did you wash your hands? You know, just the, <laughs> being very concerned about who's touching the baby and making sure the baby's healthy. And and as I'm talking to my my dad on uh, on speakerphone, my brother starts laughing. And I'm like, what are you laughing at? He goes, my youngest is licking the ground in Disneyland right now, and I don't care. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm just cracking up because I'm like, dude, I don't want anyone near my baby right now. And you're in Disneyland where she's licking the floor. Great. Um, so, yeah. It's, it's the, the same with, like, movies. I, I remember, yes. like, you know, PG-13 movies. My oldest didn't see one until 13. And even then, you know. Or curfews. Based on based on the content, you know. My youngest, he's probably seen all the PG-13 movies. And he's not even 13 yet. Like, you know, so. <laughs> Paul, yeah, welcome, exactly. to my, welcome to my world. Exactly. No, I, I totally yeah. get it. And it's so true. Yep. It's so true. We well, I, my brother, his curfew always was, I mean, it was super early. By the time I was a junior, senior in high school, and he'd come home and visit, and I'd be out. And he's like, what time is your curfew? I'm like, they don't give me one. I just make sure I tell them where yeah. I'm at. And they're, he's like, what? <laughs> How is that fair? I'm not sure if that's we're overwhelmed because we have more than one, <laughs> yeah. or it's just we're more experienced, so we don't worry so much. I think I it's know. all of it. I think, I think it's, it's all of it, yeah. right? Because yeah, I've never really placed my yeah. finger on exactly why. Well, and, and you know, the, the differences again. Like, and that's one of the things with having four I, I got sick of hearing that's not fair. That's not fair. Yeah, like life isn't oh, um, fair. My kids yeah. are doing life that Life right is now. not fair, and your siblings are older. They're they're gonna get more and different things. The the challenge my wife reminds me is we 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 have to be equitable though. You yeah. know. So anyway, and so no, to, that's to, that's to work well that out and and you know in each kid in each situation, but it's it's a challenge. It is a challenge, man. Because my wife Sherry reminds me the same thing. Um, because you know, you, 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 you want to, um, to, to give more to the older kids as mm-hmm. far as responsibility goes, maybe financially more, but it has to be equitable because you do have these younger ones who have just as much value, but it's a different kind of value where they mm-hmm. are at the stage of their life. So yep. you've got to really balance it out and that's challenging. Yeah. What are some of the other biggest challenges that you guys have faced as, as parents of teenagers? Um, I, well, I think the, the, for me, the thing that I've seen with, with, with one of my kids and, and the other one, not so much, but the idea of, you know, so-and-so has this, why don't we, or so-and-so oh. is allowed to do this. Why am I not? Um, you know, those kinds of things, you know, just comparing, yeah, we comparing, have, you yep. know, that comparing. could have been our home. What you, the way you just described yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, those conversations, uh, yeah, we, we don't do that. We, no. we, we don't do overnighters yeah. that's just something in our family and everybody else is having them yeah. and doing them and 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 uh, or or you know watch certain movies or, i mean like yeah. when they're little yeah they're, yeah yeah or the social media stuff sure. like you know we had different guidelines rules in our home and 
and uh, you know, and it gets hard. It and, does and, get and, hard. And one one kid kind of accepts it more easily and exactly. lets it go, and then another yeah. one pushes that, pushes, pushes that. It. And I find I get to the point where I want to just give in, like, oh, whatever. Just go have every account in the world you want, and it whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it probably I, gets draining having it, that. That that's it. That's a challenge, you know, uh, for sure. It really is, you know. And we 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 do our best to live by what God calls us to, to the way God calls us to live through through the Word for our family, and to you know you you can show your child the Scripture that says this this and this, or you can point them to this this and this. But in the moment, they're they're not well. That that's great, but. What, what about me in this situation? These guys are getting to do this. How come I can't? How come I can watch that? How come I can, you know, have boundaries? My boundaries are much more tighter than their boundaries or, you know, just what, whatever it might be. How come on Sunday we go to church and they watch football? You mm-hmm. know, it, it's, it's really, really tough. It's yeah. really tough. Have you, um, my parents had a great relationship with all my brother. My, I have two siblings, um, an older brother and older sister, and I'm the, I'm the baby. So I was the one that, that got all the, the, yeah, the do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as long as, and you know what, to me, I look back at that and I'm, I'm like, I think they figured out my personality. They were a lot less um, restrictive with me because they knew that if they were more restrictive, that would, I would start to rebel and then I would lie to them about what I was doing. And I think the the reason why I never felt the need to, to deceive them or sneak out of the house or anything was because they gave me enough trust to where I would go to them and just ask permission for everything. And they, they knew that they could trust that I would tell them where I was going to be because I knew if I ever got caught, that privilege is gone. Mm. And so I feel like they really worked out a good system with me. Cause I was a, I was a class clown and stuff, but I was a pretty good kid. Like I didn't go out partying or anything like that. We were me and my friends. If we were up late doing something, it was like we were up late playing music. Like it was just, pretty innocent, you know? Um, but my parents had a good relationship with me and, uh, and my brother and sister. So uh, I want to ask you guys, how, what are some ways that you've worked to have a stronger relationship with your, your teens? <clears throat> yeah, I have worked hard at that. That's, that's something that I've wanted and it's been important to me. And I had a good relationship. I have still with my, my parents, but I think from an early age, I wanted to be very honest with them and real with them on, on all kinds of things. But, but just try to promote, like you can talk to me and, and mom and about anything and everything. And, and so, and I've just seen that come back. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll bring up things. And sometimes I go, wow, I'm, I almost want to pause this moment because, you know, my, my teenager is asking me something about dating and I would never have done that with my parents. Like I had a mm-hmm. good relationship with my parents but I was not going to talk to them about my girlfriends. Like, yeah. no way. But, but but my kids will talk to me. So I thank God for that. What have I done, though, to, to foster that? Again, just trying to have good conversations, trying to listen. Um, I started early on taking a meet out on a date, mm-hmm. trying to, you know, semi-regularly just time with them, something they enjoy, getting a donut or a coffee or whatever, and, and listening and giving them that space to talk. And then as they've gotten older... Um, taking the girls to father-daughter camp at Hume Lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, so worth it. If you're a dad listening and you've got daughters, um, save up your money. It's not cheap, but to have a weekend up in the mountains uh, and Hume Lake does it right and they're not paying me to promote, but um, great place. Hume Lake does everything super they well. Do. Yeah, they, they do. Yeah. I, yeah. So, so I've done that twice, once with my oldest daughter and then I took both daughters a few years later 
And we love those memories. And then with my boys, we've done guys camps where we've just gone camping. And I remember giving them both, they're four years apart in age. And so we were heading camping and I bought them both their first pocket knife and, yeah. and they remember that. And anyway, just it wasn't a big deal, but little things, special, um, but, but, but regular communication, trying to be available. I, I like to end my day by myself reading or watching something and, and, but if I hear the f- footsteps coming, like I, okay, th- th- this, they're ready to talk now. And, and I wish they would have talked two hours ago when I was more awake, but, but no, this is, they're ready or, or if it's some other time of the day. Um, and, and thank God for the most part, I think I've done that right. And so that's allowed us to have a close relationship. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. I still have my first pocket knife that my dad that's bought awesome. me 45 years that's ago. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Never forget it. It's mm. a very special thing. Those little moments. No, I, I, I totally agree with Paul. You know, um, Sherry and I have always let the kids know that from the very beginning, um, very transparent, you know, we, we want you to be transparent with us. We're going to be transparent with you, you know, within, within reason, as far as parents with their children. But um, we've always let the, the kids know, especially teenagers, look, nothing's off the table. There is nothing that you can't talk to me about. Right. Uh, also understand there's nothing that you're going to face that I probably haven't already faced. So I'm here for you. I'm here to support you. I'm here to love you. I'm here to encourage you. Um, and so, you know, whatever it might be, if you're, if don't be afraid, Yeah. you know, and we've, we've, we've fostered that. We've provided opportunities for that. And I love what you said. You know, there are times where I'm ready for the discussion, but I know they're not. And we have to wait. We have to have that quiet time. We have to allow them to become uh, in, in the mindset and in the heart set where they're ready to share. And then we need to be welcoming, kind of like our Heavenly Father, right? Right, yeah. You know, um, he, he's always ready for us. And really, as parents, we need to always be ready, too, for them to come, to to confess, to offer them forgiveness, to offer them encouragement, to offer them love, to offer them support, just a listening ear, just a hug, whatever it might be, you know. Um, that one-on-one time with each individual kid's been very uh very fruitful for me and my wife, you know, taking my son out to dinner or taking my daughter out to dinner or, or going away for a weekend or, or doing this same kind of thing, serving, uh, in a ministry with me. Um, all of those things build trust. All of those things build comfortability for them to understand that you really do care about them. You really do love them. You are their father, but you're not just their authority figure. You're their caregiver, their, yeah. their caretaker, their provider, and the one ultimately who is showing them the example of who, who our Lord is. And so, you know, just fostering that kind of an environment, letting them know that it's okay, uh, no matter what they need to share with you, that you are there for them. Yeah. You know? I, I want to jump down in your, uh, the notes that I sent you guys, um, to what it's like to be a godly example for your kids. Uh, so I want to, in what ways have you been intentional about teaching your kids about God? And, we're, we're the reason I wanted to ask this question is because we're at a point with our kids where we're starting to see different things make more sense to them. Um, they obviously, they, they learn a lot in the Sunday school classes that they're a part of. And then, uh, just as a family, like we're constantly talking that, you know, the, the only shows my kids watch are, are, there's a show called Superbook and it's these kids, they go back in time and they're part of the Bible stories and stuff like that. So like, they're seeing a lot of good, uh, good content and learning a lot about God. They're starting to understand more. Um, but what were the ways that you were intentional about teaching your kids about God? Yeah, for me, it, um, you know, many different avenues that God's used, you know, it, really getting them to understand that, um, I mean, it's like Proverbs, what, 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, do not rely on your understanding. 
and all your ways acknowledge him and, and straight he will make your paths really kind of building my relationship around them showing them that you know we need to look to God for all direction in life. We need to look to God for strength. We need to look to God for wisdom. We need to look to God for eternal things and, and kind of, you know, bringing that up on a regular basis, teaching them God's promises, um, spending time with them in, in, in a devotional type of setting, you know, um, having father son devotional time, journaling together, uh, bringing them to church, showing them, you know, what it is that I do, you know, encouraging them to get, to get involved. Um, you know, the simplest things, praying before dinner, um, you know, when, when there's a, a trial, um, and when there's a struggle, Hey, you know, let's, let's go to scripture. Let's see what God would say about this. You know, before a decision's made, why, why don't we pray about it? Um, let, let's involve God in everything that we do and, and, and trust him in that, you know, and, and, and try to, to, to live by that, try to show them that. Mm-hmm. And try to share that with them. Just really be intentional um, in all that we do uh, to in, to involve the Lord. Yeah, you know, um, and and pray that it rubs off. You yeah. know, and pray that God goes to work. You know, I, I really understanding as a parent that I'm not the end all that He is, right. and and really understanding that you know I have a responsibility to share my relationship with Him with them. I have a re- a responsibility to share and help them understand the word of God. But my responsibility isn't to change their heart. It's his responsibility to do that and trust that he will do right. that and not be frustrated if it's in his time and not mine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, being a youth pastor for 12 years, um, pretty much before becoming a parent, I think helped on that last point because as a youth pastor, I knew, I learned, I, I can't change hearts. Mm. That's the Lord's job. That's the Spirit's job. And, and to try to help parents see that. So I think then when, when I became a dad, um, that was something early on. I, I, I am not going to be the reason they trust in Christ, right. um, but I can model things and, and of course, teach them. Um, a, a verse that I was just thinking about as, as you were sharing, uh, and this has been important to me, um, and this goes back right to Deuteronomy 6, uh, the famous, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, might. Um, but then right after that, um, it says, you shall teach these things diligently to your children yeah. and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. And so in other words, trying to make every moment of the day be a moment to, you know, say things like, wow, look at that beautiful sunset. God's giving us yeah. mm-hmm. like, so intentionality, uh, in, in, in things, uh, and this may seem silly to some, but I, I even try to say, thinking of the sunset, um, boy, isn't creation amazing instead of saying nature, mm-hmm. like, cause I just want that little, that little, you know, from the beginning that they're hearing, this is God, this is a gift from God uh, and, and walking them to school when they were little, um, there was a little, little line I think we picked up from a children's Bible, but, um, Hey, remember today, God made you, he loves you, and he's pleased with you because yeah. of Jesus. And yeah. just that repetition, you know, kind of thing. So trying to, again, not, not have it just be confined to, and, and I'm, I think it's important, and I was going to say, we, we need to, when they're little, uh, read storybook Bibles and, and appropriate books, and there's great stuff. There's just great stuff out there. Um, take some time to, to find uh, good resources and and. Uh, we would cycle through the Jesus Storybook Bible, mm-hmm. then we'd we read the Big Picture Bible, and then we'd go back, and um, and they still remember that. And, and uh, if they hear that story somewhere else, even now at church with the little kids, 
they'll remember things. Um, and then, you know, at dinner time, trying to just have yeah. intentional conversations, really you know, Hey, what's something today where you saw the grace of God at work? And so, so part of it is to just have conversation, be in fellowship as a family, but, but some intentionality. Um, so those things have been things we've, we've tried to do and, and, continue to. And then now as teenagers, when, when I'm driving them to school or we're going to sports, um, and just asking questions, listening, I still pray with each of them Amen. at the end of the day. And, um, um, anyhow, that's, that's been some yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, when you're talking about, about the, you know, the storybook Bible and stuff, we have, I mean, we have the same, the Sally Lloyd Jones one that you had shared with us when you had spoke here, we have that one and we've got, um, there's, there's a lot of really cool, uh, books now that are, fairly new that are just getting put out, you know, every month there's some new ones that come out and, uh, my wife tracks them down and we have this whole collection now of really great books that, um, you know, they're the way that they, they tell the story of a, of a certain Bible story, or even like the way that they reword, uh, there's these books that reword like a Psalms, um, a Psalm chapter and they, and, basically make it to where a little kid understands it a little bit more, you know, things like that. And it's really, they're really great. Um, but the one that we have, uh, that, that we really love that we read over and over is it's called the, uh, I think it's called the little pilgrim's progress. And it's the, it's, it's I the looked story at that after you mentioned it. It's, it's very so, well done. it's so well done. It's great. It's the story of pilgrim's progress, but, uh, you know, scaled down to for a child to understand a little bit more then, uh, you know, the, the actual book written would be kind of maybe a little difficult for him to understand. Um, but that one's great also, but I wanted to ask this, ask this. I know, Can I just uh, say one last oh, yeah, thing go ahead. about that. And I, I love what you said, the intentionality that you have to be intentional. And I love the, the aspect of having them look at creation and looking outside of just the word at all aspects. I, I think it's beautiful. One other thing I just wanted to add too is, is testimony. Uh, my own personal testimony on my own personal struggle at maybe their age or stage of life and bringing that into the picture and, and making my, my teenagers aware how God worked for me. Mm -hmm. um, that goes a long way in getting them to, you know, understand how God works and possibly begin to trust him. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you know, you mentioned, uh, uh, Paul, you mentioned when you talk about um, look at look at God's creation instead of look at nature. It made me uh, also just jump to this next question. Uh, which is, have you had times where they've learned something somewhere else, so school or something like that, that runs contrary to the truth of God's Word? Yeah, thinking about that before the podcast, uh, I still remember with the oldest, and you, can, you kind of joked earlier about how we're, we're so protective in things. So I remember in, I want to say it was fifth grade, getting the, the paper coming home about uh, sex ed, mm -hmm. you know, and <laughs> being like, no way, or, you know, and like, what, what is it going to be, and, and uh, all this stuff. Um, so... Anyway, just made me laugh. Um, but but my point is again, like we have to be aware as parents, whether our kids go to Christian school or you know public school or, or wherever, um, they are learning things. Yeah. They are picking up things on television, on commercials. I mean, that was something I didn't even think about as a dad early on. Like, oh, the the messaging in commercials. I know. Huh? So we're watching something that's appropriate ish, you know. But but then there's commercials, and and so. Um, so yeah, like again, all the time having conversations and there's been times we've been watching something and, and we'll pause and say, hold, Hey, did you hear that? Because we should talk about that. You know, what, what that, what you just heard that, 
that, that's a common theme, you know, in the world, but that's different than what we, we believe is. We've as done a the Christian same family. thing, Paul. Yeah. yeah. So teaching moments. Yeah. Teachable moments and, and, and not being afraid to do that. Even if, if at first it's like, dad, hold, you know, stop just, pausing the movie, yeah, dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a point like you don't want to like overdo it, but, but be brief and concise. And, um, and then, yeah, you know, they'll come home from school and uh, my kids went to public school. Uh, and, uh, for the most part, um, some exceptions here and there, but, um, so yeah, they're going to come home having heard a lot of, a naturalistic, humanistic worldview, philosophical view, which obviously undergirds an evolutionary view. And so just talking about those things, um, talking about, uh, other belief systems, they have friends that are hold different things and, and just being engaged, trying to remind them uh, age appropriate that, Yes, we, we, we are in the world, but we aren't of the world. And, and there are people that hold to different things and, and just, you know, have, have those tough conversations. And, and some of the kids, they've wanted to take some of that information and, and re-engage the next day. And I've had other kids that, nope, nope, they're content just to learn. And, and even that, again, as a dad, to realize, oh, yeah, I don't need to live vicariously through them. That's right. Uh, I, I remember, again, with the oldest, like, oh, you know, here's a printout of these 10 points. To, go evangelize. To, to go, you know, counter the evolutionary biological, you know, stuff. And and the oldest had no desire to do that. Mm-hmm. It was enough to for for my oldest to hear that, okay, yeah, that's right. There There is evidence on our, our side of things. And then other kids, boy, they want that. They want that sheet and they want to, to go evangelize and engage. And so again, they're different. Uh, and, and that parenting, each of them is different, even as it relates to things they, they learn um, that, right. that are maybe contrary to what yeah. we believe. Yeah, no, I've experienced the same thing. You know, you, the the idea is is that they come home with the material or whatever it might be, but we're willing to listen. We're we're not going to stifle it. We're not going to say, "Well, that's just wrong. We don't believe in that." You know, we make a valid argument. We let's go to scripture. Let's see what God says about this. Let's talk about it. how do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. Where are you at with this? You know, and and how 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 might you navigate it when you return? Are, do you want to talk about it? Do you want to challenge them? Do you want to just take this information and and, and believe in the in these truths that you know? Right. How how do you want to navigate that? And let them walk that. Let them walk that. But again, guiding, being willing to listen, being willing to support, and being willing to have the hard conversations and don't stifle um, any questions that they might have or any, because I mean I, I think all of us at one point or another are going to be faced with something in our life where we're going to question our faith. I yeah. mean, it still happens to us now. I mean, we're, we, we minister in the faith and we still, you know, have questions and, and it's good to have questions too. That's okay. Because you know what? God has answers and those questions force us to get back to his right. word. Um, but you know, our, our kids, uh, they need our guidance. They need our support, but we have to be willing to, to provide a vessel for them to come to yeah. and, and provide that. Don't and, just stifle it. Yeah. And, and there's times too, and this is true as a pastor, but as a dad, where, where they'll have questions and, and I just say, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I let me think about that and, and get back to you and, uh, and then d- to follow through on that. Yeah. But, but even that I think helps them realize, you know, it's okay sometimes to, to say, I'm not sure, but, but I'll investigate some for things, sure. you know, for and, sure. You know. Yeah. Well, we're yeah. running out of time, but I want to ask one more question. I know I've got a lot more on these notes that I sent you, so we'll just have to maybe uh, pick it up on a part two of this this topic. But let me ask you this question um, just as a, a conclusion, which is uh, the next one on the list there. Have, you, have either of you ever experienced your kids not wanting to be a part of church or not wanting anything to do with God? And what advice would you have for parents that might be dealing with that with their teenagers? Um, yeah, my, my, my uh, middle son, Jordan, 
um, there was a time, you know, he grew up in the church, was baptized in the church. I think he was eight when he was baptized. And, um, you know, he got to be 11, 12, 13 years old. And I was encouraging him, hey, why don't you, why don't you come and, and kind of see what I do with the kids and hang out? Or, you know, maybe we can get you, you know, helping around the church, picking up garbage or just, you know, kind of come and see, um, you know, and, and he wasn't too much into that. Uh, it was hard for him to come just to the children's programs. He just wasn't feeling it. Normal teenager stuff. And what, what Sherry and I decided to do is just give him space. You know, don't pressure him. Um, just continue to invite him. You know, we, we, we did have him come and have go to the children's program. We weren't going to tell him no. We, we didn't make church an option for him. But beyond just coming to church, I wasn't going to force him to serve. I wasn't going to force because that's not what we what we do. I mean, God calls us to serve. God, God, God wants us to be cheerful, right? In our giving, in our serving, and all of that. And, and children are no different. Uh, teenagers are no different. Um, but that I think that would be about the only extent where I've had one of my kids who who is not willing to to really participate or come to church. We kind of just gave him space and prayed about it. And um, let God convict his heart, and God did. And, and now, you know, he comes regularly. He, he's on, you know, he's uh, intern here with production and loves serving. So I, for me, that's about the experience I've had with it. Now, with other kids in the church that I've pastored, uh, it's a little more challenging. You know, you do your best a, as a staff member to encourage the kids to come. You, mm-hmm. you do your best to make it enjoyable for them while still teaching them. Um, and you encourage the parents to to you know understand that through the church they're supported and and that they need to you know stay encouraged and, and trust that God will work in the child's heart, you know. So you pray and 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 you allow God to do His thing. I, I mean that's kind of been my experience with it, and um, just trusting that that you know He's going to work in it. Yeah, I, I think everything is spot on. We've been blessed for the most part. Our kids haven't, you know not wanted to be yeah. in church. I mean, there's, there's one off weeks, you know, maybe something's going on or, or anyway, but um, my advice would be, and my encouragement is to pray um, number one. And, and, and that's about everything. I think that's, that's the most convicting thing I think of daily is why well, I don't pray enough. Um, and it's, again, it's, you know, we need to, we need to, you know, seek the Lord for, these that he's entrusted to us. So, so parents, you know, if you're in that situation, um, go before the Lord to, to ask him to do what only he can do to change hearts and to, to give wisdom and, and, and things like that. So pray. But then number two, I think, uh, and I agree with you completely. I think you still should, you know, say, look, as a family, we go to church. We go to church. This is what we do. Um, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll do our best to try to make it a good experience and, and we won't force you to, do more than, you know, kind of a thing, but, but we do go to church. You have to be is, obedient to this that. This is who we are. Yeah. yeah. And when you get, uh, at a certain age and each family, you know, we'll maybe get to that point in part two, figure out when, when those times are, uh, then you can make some decisions uh, a little bit more on your own as in other areas of life. But I think it's important uh, to model that. One of the big things I'll share my example for, uh, for myself being a teenager and I was a little more, um, I always loved going to youth group and stuff. They were all, our church did a great job with it. It was always very fun. It was very social. And so I loved being part of that. But um, my dad being a worship pastor and having to be at church so stinking early on Sunday mornings, I hated it. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to sit in the boring church service listening to this corny music that my dad's playing and all the while saying I'm probably going to end up doing exactly what my dad's going to do, which I did. Um, But one of the things that I 
really realize with my parents and um, I'd have to go out, go back and ask them what their, you know, their conversations with each other was. But when I didn't want to be at church as much, they, they did kind of what you, they gave me some space. Now they, they still said, you're going to be at church. Um, and there's a longer story as to how they got me to be at church willingly through high school um, with a deal that I made them. But one of the big things that happened was I never felt like my parents loved me any less and they were still the same. All these other things we've talked about, being intentional about the time you spend with your kids, they were still the same with all of that. And I never felt like my parents were were angry at me or um, or disappointed in me. They might be disappointed that I didn't want to be as involved in it, but they weren't disappointed in me. And they let me work it out, and they let me voice my frustration about it. They let me say the things I thought were cheesy and corny about the music dad's playing. And then uh, now they're laughing their their butts off seeing that I'm doing the exact same thing 20 years later. But I think the biggest thing was my parents were very good with still being intentional about loving me and being, um, you know, the interest that I had that maybe my dad had like hockey. My dad had no interest in hockey, but I loved it. So he he made it an interest of his and took me to a hockey game and things like that, where he was just showing how important I was to him. And that helped in the process of getting me to be more interested in like, you know what, this is important to him. I'm going to be here um, for that. And I think that's just planted seeds in my younger, my younger heart. And um, you know, as I got a little bit older, that stuff becomes more and more valuable. So oh, that's beautiful. anyways, well, thank you guys for being here. Yeah. There's a lot more on here we can talk about. Um, so uh, I'll see if I can schedule you guys come back for a part two sometime soon. And we'll, uh, we'll hit those next few little categories there. But Paul, John, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Thanks. Garrett.